Welcome to the Mompreneur Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Moran. Just like you, I'm a mom entrepreneur on a mission to live a present and productive life, to be around for all the moments with my kids while also following my dreams and passions. Join me each week as I uncover a new tip or trick that will help you live your life just as you want and with as much ease as possible. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, my lovely ladies. Welcome back to the Mompreneur Guide podcast. I am so excited for today's episode because I have my friend Lisa here. And Lisa Hockham is the founder, online business coach, and photographer at The Golden Brand. She's passionate about helping women feel confident on camera and show up as themselves online ultimately helping them let go of what they think their business should look like and embrace who they are. Lisa values a human-centered, relationship-driven approach to visibility and positioning for her clients. Not to mention, she's also a four-time business owner with a love of design, dark roast, and the West Coast. And I cannot wait to dive into all of that backstory in a minute here because four businesses, that's a big deal. Lisa is yet another amazing connection I've made actually on Instagram by the lovely Sam Harris from episode number 17. She is the ultimate connector. She walks the walk and talks the talk when it comes to showing up powerfully and authentically online and has already inspired me and my visibility through our conversations and her unique approach to this topic, which is why I am so excited to share Lisa more with you today. So thank you. Thank you, Lisa, for sharing your time and zone of genius with us today. I can't wait to hear how us mompreneurs can uplevel our visibility while becoming more confident on camera. But before we hop into that, I always like to start with your background and how you made your way into the mompreneur space. So can you share with us a quick overview of your journey into what you're doing today and those four businesses you mentioned, because now you've got me super curious. (laughs) Thanks, Megan. Yeah. First of all, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. And yeah, I'm happy to jump into my background. So if you had asked me what are people most surprised to find out about me, it would probably be the fact that I am a four-time business owner. So I like to say I had a jigsaw puzzle piece journey to get to this point. It was not linear by any means, but it was all leading me to where I am today. So I actually have a degree in art history and architecture, which I thought I wanted to be a museum curator. And I had all these idealistic fantasies about, you know, wandering through the museums of Italy and curating and just all of that. So I did work at the Getty Museum in Los Angeles for a while. And I had some rose colored glasses on because the art world was actually nothing like I thought it would be. So during that period of time, while I was working full time, I also went to culinary school and got my master's degree. And I worked in some amazing restaurants. And then I launched my first business, which was a catering business. And we catered parties for the Hollywood crowd, which was also incredibly fun. But I got pregnant with my son at the time. And the catering industry is very physical. And so I shifted that to a very niche business. I made handmade chocolate truffles and I would have them delivered to private jets at Millionaire Airport. So so I mean, like we're talking niche, niche, niche for my second business. And again, it's still great, but still on my feet. So when he was born, it was just very difficult to juggle everything. And I had been toying with the nursing covers because I couldn't find anything that would keep him entertained. So I sewed details on the inside and that would keep him happy. That grew into a clothing business in Los Angeles. And then, gosh, I closed it for 
a break and I went to go reopen it and I just realized my heart wasn't in it anymore. But what had happened organically at the time was I had made all these amazing connections with other moms and they were looking at what I had done online and I started forming relationships with them and they were moms who wanted to start their own business. And so I started mentoring them. Then that actually rolled into what is now the golden brand. And so that is my puzzle piece passed to the point where I am today. Oh my goodness. So This is so amazing. And another reason why we are so connected, you are now going to find out because neither of us knew this about each other. Your background is, first off, I love how creative it is. But so my story into mompreneurship is that I was raised by a mompreneur and my mom had her own catering company. She did corporate catering. Anybody listening who wants to hear her full story, that's episode number one is my interview with my mom. And she started as a corporate caterer and would cater lunches around our area. We, we live in Cleveland, Ohio. So we have the Cleveland clinic, big hospitals. And so she did that. And then similar to you, she didn't really want to do catering anymore. Everybody loved the chips that she made for these lunches. And so she packaged in product chips and that's what she sold. And she added on other pieces of the puzzle. So very similar to your story. And then it gets crazier because when I started my first business, my my business was in fashion. I mean, come on, our stories are so linked. That is amazing. Yes, they are so linked. So mine was a children's clothing line and it was all ethical and sustainable. And my biggest point of pride was that they were all made for long wear. So you could literally take a dress and then it became a shirt and it was this whole thing. But It wasn't a great business model because I basically priced myself out of a second and third sale because it was all so well done. So the point of pride with that became the fact that I employed women to make the clothes in a very small ethical area and I was able to give them benefits and pay them a really nice wage. And so that was what really lit me up about doing that part of the work. But the the churning out of new colorways just fell off for me a little bit. I can understand that. So I love how you at the beginning said that your story is like a jigsaw puzzle, not a linear, but isn't that all of our story, right? Like none none of us really have a good linear path and that's the fun of it. That's what makes this mompreneur journey fun to see. I always talk about like breadcrumbs, how all of our pieces in the past and all the things that we do bring us to now. And for you to go from wanting to be the museum curator and art past to now having the photography side of what you do, that visual aspect, the coaching side with how you've helped women in the past, learning business from having four of them. It's just that perfect culmination. And so I am so excited that you can share that with us more here in this episode. So talk to us about what we need to know in terms of strategy for being visible. I know you're all about helping us be confident on camera, but I also know that you and I are alike in that we like to know the science behind things and the psychology behind things. So get started with what's the first thing that we need to know about being visible? Okay. So the through line for everything that I just shared was photography and visuals. And so what I loved about all the businesses was the actual packaging and the branding and the messaging. And what is this going to look like out in the wild? And the photography has been there since high school. And it wasn't really anything that I monetized, but it was always a creative outlet for me. So what I realized with the Golden Brand, it was a a big shift into being 
yes, a service-based business, but also more of a personal brand. And it was missing in the early days. If you scroll way down, I haven't deleted anything. It's all there. And you can go back to the days when I'm still figuring out, like, what does this whole thing look like? I left it there because I want people to understand that you're supposed to transition and grow as you find your way in business. That's not something to be ashamed of or hide. And what I realized, though, is that I was the missing component. And so I was really coming up against that. I was terrified. I was just terrified to show up. And I really hated my photo. I really hated the way that I looked in pictures. And I'm not just saying this because this is what I do, but I am my own best customer. So I had to figure out something that worked for me. And I looked at all the usual tips, you know, talk to yourself, practice, 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 find a familiar space, picture a loved one behind the camera, dress for success. That's probably the worst one. And then there's the other side of the marketing aspect that we see online, which is just do it. It gets easier. And yeah, it does get easier when you just do it. But gosh, I don't think that that's the way to build a lasting confidence. And so what I needed was a new relationship with myself. And I needed to quiet that gerbil wheel in my brain that second guessed every time I pressed post when I shared a picture of myself. And I wanted to be able to do that and show up on camera and talk freely with, honestly, without wanting to vomit and then go hide. (laughs) Because that was occupying so much of my brain space. I had to get into why that was happening. And so I'm a really big believer in what we don't own owns us. And I live by that philosophy. So when I come up against something that's a challenge, and I think this comes honestly, with maturity and trying different things. And you have to just realize when the time is right for you to do this. But I needed to face this challenge of why I couldn't show up online for a reason. So I dove into the research behind it. And what I found sent me down this whole path of neuroscience and understanding exactly what was happening inside of my brain when I looked at my own picture. And it was very interesting for me because by realizing what was actually going on, all of a sudden it wasn't personal. So what I saw in this image no longer held power over me. And I came up with practical steps that I did to actually come to terms with what I saw on camera. And now I am fully accepting of what I see when I show up. Now, that's not to say that there's days when, you know, I may not feel great. And those days, it's fine to not show up. It's fine to wait until your energy is better. So yeah, that's kind of my journey. I can get into specifics if you want me to at this point. Yeah, definitely. Well, so first off, I just want to hit on some mic drop moments. I mean, I have a page of them already. So I just want to reiterate a few things that you said, which is that you were terrified to show up and that you're your own best client. And again, isn't that the case with a lot of us? And so how perfect is that, that you can guide women through this, not only because you've helped so many other women feel confident on camera, but because you went down this path and found out this process because you did it yourself. And so I just want to first off, give you the props for sharing and thank you for being vulnerable and saying how you were terrified to show up and how that spurred you into what you're doing now. The other thing that really was poignant to me about what you said there was lasting confidence. It's one thing to be, like you said, confident on camera today, 
but how do we make sure that it's not that burnout cycle, that gerbil wheel that you said of when you're posting and then getting worried and like, how can we take that mental load off our mind? So I'd love to hear when you got to that point and you did the research and you found the neuroscience and all of the stuff about our brain and realizing it's not personal. What was that stuff that it said? What should we know about that? Yeah. So this is a great question. And I do want to say that this aspect, it's not a destination. This is just a doorway. So what I realized is it all comes down to feeling like you're not enough or you don't value yourself or no one else is going to value you or no one cares. Right. And so what I've discovered for myself is tackling that lasting confidence has really bolstered all aspects of my business. So the first thing that blew my mind was a concept called the familiarity principle. And basically it boils down to your mirror image. So the principle is used in marketing all of the time. So if we think about how we're always buying the same brand of toothpaste or we're always going to the same, whatever that thing is, there's comfort in the familiar, right? And we get uncomfortable when something starts to be unfamiliar to us. So now if we take that and we apply it to our photos, unless you are an influencer and you're somebody who's on camera all the time and you're constantly having professional photos on you're looking at your image through the eyes of the camera, not the selfie camera, but the actual front facing camera, you don't actually relate to what you see in those pictures because your brain is hardwired to only recognize the mirror image of your face. So if you think about it, you're spending, again, depending how often you're looking at proofs or going through front-facing camera images, but you're spending the majority of the time training your brain to recognize what you see in the mirror. So I'm sure you've had this instance where you've had photos done or a girlfriend has had photos done. And you're looking at your picture and you're showing your family, this doesn't look like me. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, you're so insane. That looks exactly like you. That's a fantastic picture of you. And that used to actually really make me mad because I would say like, I look hideous. That's so rude. Why would you say that? And then my son and my husband would say, no, that's exactly what you look like. And I didn't get it. I didn't get it at all. And that's why, because you don't see yourself in that same way. You're seeing an inverted reflection of your own image. So when you're recording stories or you're recording something for social media, what do you use? your selfie camera right and your selfie camera is flipped it's the mirror image you like it because that's what you see in the mirror so if you were to record a story today and you were to flip it and use your front facing camera you would feel like you looked weird and you probably wouldn't want to post it so that's just one aspect and the other aspect is da vinci's ideal beauty goes back to perfect symmetry And so when you think about models or people who are, I'm using air quotes here for people who can't see, but photogenic, Mm -hmm. what they're really talking about is symmetry. So the more symmetrical your face, the more the camera can capture that. The more asymmetrical your face, the more that's reflected back to you in the front facing image, right? So you add normal camera distortion. The fact that you're looking at a view of your face that you never actually look at You get all of that in this crazy mixture. It's no wonder when you see your picture, you don't like what you're seeing on camera. So what we do inside of my course Mm -hmm. is I took myself personally through a 30-day process. And my process was to go in a back room where my family wasn't teasing me or Mm -hmm. nobody was making me feel superficial or whatever judgment, right? 
And I took my tripod and I took my camera and I sat on the floor and I took pictures of myself and I shared them to my personal feed because I wanted accountability. And I did this for 30 days. And the first two weeks were rough. They were, they were so rough and I didn't want to post, but you know, I made myself do it. I went through, finally I hit day 15. And then I actually realized this is fun. I'm looking forward, number one, to this time by myself. I was putting on music. I had new poses I want to try. At this point, I figured out because my face is asymmetrical also. So I had figured out what my side was. So like when I'm talking on camera, I could put that side forward. And usually what happens is you like that side because it most resonates with what you're seeing again in your mirror image. It's just personal preference. But these are all genuine tricks that your brain is seeing and your subconscious brain is recognizing. So therefore, each time you do that, it is confidence boosting. And then eventually what happens is you start to get endorphins from having this experience. And so now the trick was to use the front-facing camera. This won't work if you do it with a selfie image because that's what we're trying to retrain. When I ran this in my free challenge, I have to say there's a little bit of magic that happens because it's a five-day challenge. I boiled it down to five. So we do two self-portrait shoots during the challenge. And day three is always the day when we've gone into the why, we've gone into the psychology, and that's the day when it's on the women to now go do your shoot. And I always have this, like I'm getting goosebumps as I talk about it, but I always have this nervous moment that the magic's not going to happen. This is going to be the group that doesn't do it. Mm -hmm. But there's always that one person that just does it and goes for it. And then the floodgates open. And I tell you, like, there's no other kind of bonding than women going through this process together. It's really, really magical. So like I said, it's a gateway. Yeah. I mean, it sounds so powerful. And I'm sitting here just blown away because I want to get that distinction correct. So front facing cameras. So that's like your traditional camera. And that is what everybody else is seeing, but it's never what you see of yourself. Correct. Right. And then when we're on our phones or our laptop as well, that camera, is that always the mirror image, which is the same thing that I see when I actually look in the mirror? Yes. In fact, I think Zoom has now added a feature, at least it seems new to me, where you can flip your image. So the initial one that comes on would be equivalent to your front-facing camera image. That's interesting. So right there, ladies, I just want you to hear that of the mental load. We always have so much mental load on our mind of other things that we're thinking about. And so let's, let's right now all agree to take some of this off. We are now understanding something that you probably didn't recognize, which is this mirror image versus the front facing image. And maybe subconsciously, like you said, you're thinking about yourself in these ways. I'm not enough. I have no value. No one cares, whatever it is when you see this image. And maybe you don't even realize you're doing that. What a gift it is that you first identified this and then can share with us, not only the science that you learned, but then when you said the da Vinci symmetry, that's your art background that you have a master's in. And so I'm so grateful that you were able to combine that all because 
Yeah, I have no idea. I'm assuming my face is not symmetrical. But how cool is that, that when you go through this challenge halfway through, you're going to figure out what are your angles and what are the ways that you can pose yourself and feel good about it and not feel like I'm ridiculous or I don't know what I'm doing or I never look good. Let's let's figure it out and then put that on the shelf. Then you're good to go. So I thought that was also magical that you said when you hit that halfway point, that's when again, your brain starts to get the endorphins. This is fun and it keeps you going. I mean, that right there is so much gold. Hello, golden brand. Okay. So we've started to retrain our brain and get more comfortable. And we can do that by practicing and playing and having fun with it and consistently doing it again and again to start working that new muscle in our brain. What happens next? So we've done that. What is our next step to continue on and not lose that momentum from challenging ourselves in this new way? Well, okay. First of all, I love the way that you recognize this as a mental load. I just want to compliment you on your choice of words because I didn't think of it that way. And I do think it's something we carry in the background and we personalize and that does bleed into other aspects of our business, especially when our business is us. Once you do that, you're going to loosen up and you're going to have fun because again, with the endorphins, your brain doesn't know the difference between excitement and fear. They both feel exactly the same. So you have to do this long enough to where you feel that shift. And then what happens is it quiets that part. So you become more yourself because you've owned what you don't want people to see. You've already made peace with that. And so you can go out in the world and you can lead with that. And now this is where it gets into the the branding aspects. And again, I'm, I'm not a graphic designer. I don't focus on that kind of branding. In fact, I think you can have a really successful business without ever doing that. I have a logo. Most people don't know what it looks like. I use it very occasionally, but what they know is my taste. This is my brand right here. And I'm not an influencer by any means, but that is my main point of connection for people is being able to go on stories and spark conversations, which goes to the end game, which is being able to have conversations and allow yourself to be seen in more aspects of your business. And I'm not talking about like the manipulation marketing where you're going to go show your vulnerability to get some cheap follows or whatever. I'm talking about you are able to decide what you want to share that is applicable to your brand, what your people want to hear from you that is just strictly what you bring to the table and opening up those points of connection to to allow yourself to be seen and have more conversation and build relationships, especially for your viewers who are seasoned and they're not necessarily chasing followers or numbers. It does come down to relationship building and for people to feel like When they're on your feed, maybe three posts back, they get a really strong sense of who you are and you're showing up as an individual because I'm sure like Megan, the people that you work with, they know who they are at this point and they know who is not for them. So they're not just concerned about how they're showing up on social media as far as getting numbers, but they really want to speak to a specific person. And so going through this, you have this new insight into yourself and this new confidence with maybe opening up some parts of yourself that will really allow for that connection. And that's what makes a brand. It's that point of connection and that feeling that you get 
Yeah. I love what you're saying there about the, it takes out that manipulation marketing and talking and being vulnerable for the sake of preying on other people's emotions or or whatever that is in this space. And how you said it's points of connection that spark conversation. I think that is gold as well, because yeah, you are speaking to a specific person. And also it's making me think about the times where I've gone live. Like I can think of one specific time I went live just because I had a thought in my mind that I thought would be helpful to people versus like, well, I feel like I need to do this post and I have to phrase it this way. And I need to make sure that I do this. And like, you're all about how can we learn about ourselves and then use that to be more genuine. And so you're giving me this aha moment right now, live of what if we learned more and peel back those layers so we can feel comfortable in ourselves subconsciously, like you're rewiring that part that you didn't even realize was a mental block. And that was holding you back. And once you do that, then you're just showing up and you can release all of that other stuff so that you're just having fun and being you. And like you were saying with the endorphins, you had that hit of, well, when I have fun, then this great stuff comes. And so you've got to tell us when it comes to doing this work and then moving into this next phase of like, okay, let's actually start to do stuff and post stuff. Is that kind of a habit that the challenge in forcing yourself to rewire your thinking allows you to do? Mm -hmm. It, I mean, it does. So, okay. For anybody that's listening who is very strategy based, I know this is a little heartbreaking because they want the one, two, three ABCs. I go here, I do this and I get that. But what's really amazing, like you said, is that you can have the thought in your head and you're no longer on that overthinking dribble wheel and you can just show up and you can deliver that value in the moment and you never know what kind of a connection that's going to create. And I do want to say that I'm not completely nerve free when it comes to showing up on camera. So for the most part, I can go on video and I can riff in stories, but there's still things that are out of my comfort zone that I'm still training myself to do. So for example, yesterday I shared a reel where I am recreating an editorial pose for my membership and I'm leaping. Now you will never find me dancing on reels or doing anything trendy like that. So I'm still not dancing, but that was way out of my comfort zone. So for me to open that up as a possible point of connection and then the conversations that sparked from that were amazing. So I don't know if this answers your question, but it's it's constantly trying whatever intuitively rises to the surface for you. And I mean, I think at that point, too, you know what your audience wants from you. And when we have an audience base that's following us because they truly admire us, they love us, they're here for anything we do, you know, there's a fine line between just throwing a lot at them and not appreciating that and then really thinking strategically about how you can share parts of yourself with them that will further that connection. So did I answer your question? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was great. I'm all about as well, being intuitive and intentional. And that's part of what I'm hearing of the conversation here is like, you have to go with your gut more than you think. I think it was great again to hear an example of when you're in the moment and you were sharing intuitively. 
yes, I think a lot of us are high achiever overachievers. That's kind of natural as a mompreneur. And so we do lean on a lot of strategy, but how can we take that step back and rewire so we're more attuned to ourselves and can keep being intuitive and intentional about what we're putting out there. And when you're genuine, like you're saying, it sparked a connection that then fed to conversation. You said by you being out there and authentic and genuine and showing people something you thought would be helpful and coming from that service place, it did connect with them and they started talking and having a conversation with you. And isn't that what we're all just trying to do here is just support and serve. Yeah. Oh, and I did, this is what I wanted to add in, but I think again, when you can quiet that second guessing part, just a little bit, your strengths, your creativity, all the uniqueness of you that you bring to the table can really come to the surface and can play with that a little bit more. And this is what we explore inside the membership too. And that's what I've set up from the very beginning is I'm not here to give you more and inundate you with shiny bells and whistles. I mean, we're here to like really hone what you already know because it is enough. And that is a good thing to keep in mind if you do this kind of work. And if you go down the tips I've given you, and you try your own self-portrait shoots, trust what comes up after you make that journey with yourself, because chances are it's going to be exactly what you need at that time. Mm -hmm. That exactly what you need at that time. That's another thing that this conversation is spurring for me is in listening to one of Kathy Heller's episodes of her podcast, she at some point, and it stuck with me, made that comment of, you already have all of the information that you need to know, or you have a lot of that within you. And so sometimes it's hearing things like this podcasts and posts, other people saying it, that then is that reminder for you. And then you can move forward and take action, but you already knew a lot of that. And so I love what you're saying here is like, there's so much that we already know, and we know more than we think we know. And so how can we quiet the second guessing, come back to center and into our core and be us and be genuine and just show up in that way. And I think the biggest thing of what you're saying right here is you are and know enough. You need to trust it. I, I love, I love this. And maybe get some great photos out of the process too, by the way. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Usually women from the challenge go on to then basically curate their own photos for the feed and then do a branding shoot a little bit more sporadically. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them now have gone down this really creative rabbit hole of editing. A few women have even created their own photo presets for their brand. I mean, it's just, it's really, yeah, it's really amazing. Well, and then I love how that feeds into the productive, because I think a lot of this conversation helps us be more attuned and calm and present, but the productive, and I know that was something that you had mentioned as well. It's like, once you do this, first off, I'm sure you save a lot more time when it comes to Instagram or however you choose to market yourself and making sure your face is the one that people are seeing and connecting with. But then also, I know you mentioned curating to then batch content. So when you can take the time to go through this challenge, then you already have everything you need at your disposal. And then you can just throw those images with whatever feels right in the moment and how those two things match up. Is there anything else that we should know about doing something like this and then using it to be more productive and batch our content? That's an excellent question. So productivity wise, if you do want to shoot your own photos, this is something I do in my virtual brand photo shoots because when my clients leave, I don't want all of the brand photos to look like they're from the same day, which it's so exciting when you get your photos back. You're like, oh my gosh, I have, 
you know, 50 new gorgeous images, but then you put them in your feed and you realize, oh, they're all looking exactly the same. And I'm tired of looking at these. So maybe everyone else is too. So we get into creative outfit changes and props and different poses and even different edits to make basically the same session look like it's from a bunch of different sessions so that you can spread that out in your feed and mix it in whether you prefer graphics, mix in a photo every now and then. That's another thing. It can go down a whole tangent. But yeah, you can absolutely batch this in a way that you are getting enough for your own content. I mean, I only post once a week. So I have more photos than I need, but even I still put myself through these self-portrait shoots as well. And if you go through my feed, with the exception of a few that were taken actually by my son, most of them are all taken. That's just me and my tripod. Wow. That's amazing. So I just want to recap this for everyone because there is so much gold here. And then we can move into how you can take everybody to the next level and our rapid fire questions. So the first thing when it comes to being more confident on camera is realizing that it is a mindset shift and that you might not realize that you're thinking when you look at these pictures that you're not enough or you don't have value or no one cares. These are things that we don't realize we think, but I think if we think about it more, we can understand that and and we have to go deeper and you have gone deeper by allowing us to realize the actual principles of camera work and art and photography, which is that half the time we're looking at an image that we never see. It's not a mirror image like we see when we look at ourselves in the mirror, but it's this flipped version. And so when we can recognize that and understand that, on top of hearing about the Da Vinci symmetry and knowing that like our face is just not symmetrical and that's cool. We just work with what feels good to us. And when you can put yourself through a challenge like this in figuring out what works for you, what makes you feel comfortable, how can we loosen up and get comfortable with what we see on camera, it breaks through and it's that gateway and opens us up to be more genuine, more authentic, more ourselves in the work that we're putting out there which then allows us to connect more with our people and have better conversations with them. And all in all, once you do all of that, another bonus of doing this work is that you're going to curate photos for your feed, lots of different ways to put it all together. So now we've just batched work too. So not only have we worked on the present side of our mindset and being able to up-level where we are, which will probably up-level our clients and our money as well. But then on top of that, we're getting extra work done. We're being more productive in a short and sweet amount of time. Lisa, is there anything that I was missing there from recapping the amazing work you just shared with us? The only thing I would add in is the extra added bonus is, you know, all the content online about just be yourself and figure out what makes you unique. This process is helping you figure out what makes you unique. This is part of your USP. So that's an added bonus as well. Now, if I were to lead with that, I don't think it would get the same results because I do think you have to have that foundational confidence set first. I agree. I think that that is a huge added bonus at the end that you can recognize, but hearing it first, I agree. You might not realize how Mm -hmm. unique you are. It's like, you've got to go deeper on yourself and then sit with the, I am enough. And then you realize, wow, I am unique because of that. So I so appreciate you empowering us and giving us this channel and this way to recognize it in a way that is unique and that we might not hear as often. So tell us, I'm sure everybody is like chomping at the bit. Now they're hearing about this challenge. They're hearing about, oh my gosh, there's more mindset work that I could do to make myself better and help my clients more. And I can be extra productive at the end of it. Tell everybody what is the next step that they can take 
if they are like raising their hands, I need help with this. And this is the next move in my business. That's exciting. Okay. So I have a membership called All In and it's for female founders that are all in for their businesses and themselves. And what we do inside that membership with the addition of having some guest experts as well is really a lot of this conversation. So half of the women are in there because they want to be more confident on camera. And then the other half are in there because they want to hone their brand. So that's what we do in the membership. And then I have a course that will take you through basically what I do in the challenge. And then we're going to go deeper and we're going to do the self-portrait shoots for longer. So the course is a really great way for you to take yourself through that journey, have the reference points. And then again, if you need accountability, you can join the membership for accountability as well. I love that. I think that is so helpful. Everything will be linked in the show notes as you're listening to this lady so that you can click through and see the amazingness that Lisa is talking about and any other new things that she has going on, depending on when you're listening to this episode. Lisa, if you are ready, let's hop into these rapid fire questions. Let's do it. All right. First and foremost, what is your favorite strategy to help you be more present and productive besides what you shared with us today? I turn off my phone. (laughs) Mm, I love it. In fact, I leave the phone in the other room and I try when I'm in productive mode to only have my laptop, which does not have notifications on it so that I can go to a part of the house that's not trafficked and I can get things done because my family, my son is here. Mm -hmm. He does online school and my husband works from home. So we're all here. You're all together. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I yep. think that's huge. We were without internet for a couple of days in our house. And I felt a difference between not only me and having to put my phone down because we have terrible service in our house. So we literally had no way to contact anybody. But my son, too, our daughter's still a little young. She doesn't really watch TV, but he was better throughout the day. And he seemed better because we didn't watch as much TV or things like that. So I can totally relate to what you're saying there and how important it is. Mm -hmm. Secondly, what is the number one essential support you have that you couldn't live without? My essential support is to have a group of people that I trust to talk to and not necessarily to look for business advice because I actually think somebody you're paying is the best person to do that for you because they don't have skin in the game, so to speak, or they have less bias. Mm -hmm. But I do have a group of women that I talk to on a regular basis and will run ideas off of each other or just be there for each other when we need that support. And so having some kind of support system and your people is, is really key for me. Yeah, I agree. Business besties couldn't do it without them. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. I love it. So tell me what is your go-to self-care activity when you have some time for me time? What do you do? So, okay. I tried meditation, but I have a busy brain. I'm a generator in human design and it's, we talked about this. It's really difficult for me to shut my brain off. Mm-hmm. So silent meditation doesn't work, but what I love and what I do every day is yoga nidra. And mm-hmm. I follow this amazing woman on YouTube and she has the most incredibly soothing voice and they are essentially like little power naps. And you just lay on the floor in Shavasana. If you have done yoga, then you know what that is. You do nothing. You just put your earbuds in and mentally you're walking through different parts of your body. And my whole body just feels like a brick while we're going through it. And then after I wake up completely rejuvenated and I read a crazy statistic that 
getting your body in this rest phase, mm-hmm. sleeping doesn't even do this. Yeah. This particular yoga nidra practice is the only thing that truly detoxifies your cells. And mm-hmm. so at the end of the day, I will do this anywhere from a 15-minute one to a 31 if it's been a really long day and I need more. But yoga nidra, hands down, that is my self-care. Oh my gosh, I love that. You'll have to send me the link and I'll put it in the show notes because I'm sure everybody's like, I'll take anything that can help me. <laughs> I definitely I will. A handful of us listening are, are similar to me. We have like younger kids. And so anything, power nap, please <laughs> give me well, more Especially energy. when you're a mom, just having somebody in your ear telling you what to do when you no longer have to be the one telling everybody what to do is yes. so amazing. So I, moms will definitely appreciate it. Yeah. Talk about getting the mental load off. Yes. <laughs> mental load again. <laughs> it's the theme. Exactly. Isn't it always? I love it. So tell me your most stereotypical mompreneur story. Think like kids running through a Zoom call with underwear on their heads. Tell us a funny story that you have that all of us mompreneurs can be like, yep, we understand. And it's something that we all only get. My son's 15. And so I I don't have any good little one stories. I mean, other than the dogs, I have two crazy border collies and they're always either barking as soon as I get on Zoom or photobombing the video. But I'm the person that's always on mute. So, you know, when you have to tell that person they're muted, that's that's just been me. And it's been, you know, over a year now since we've been doing this and I am still the person who is always on mute. So that's my claim to fame. (laughs) I love that. I think, I think it was with, um, episode number 20 with Grace Blacksey of Crunch Collective. She (laughs) was telling us her funny story that she was on like a big presentation that she was giving and it was like six minutes in and then she had just finished her part and she realized that she was on mute too. And you're always like, oh man, that Mm -hmm. and forgetting to hit record are like the two things that you're like, oh gosh, can I rewind? (laughs) Yes. I always designate somebody in the group to remind me to record. So there's always somebody who's really good and on it, but yeah, nobody reminds me to make sure I'm off mute. So yeah. You know how they have like the, when you hit like recording in progress, which is always helpful. Cause then I'm like, did she say it? Did she tell me? Okay. I did it. They need to do that with the mute too. Like I know some places will say like you are on mute, like with a flash. Yes, there was actually an episode of Shark Tank where somebody came up with an auxiliary button that would be a particular color if you were on mute so you could catch that. So the things that we create now. (laughs) I love it. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for all of your time and your expertise here. I know that I am walking away with so many new things that I never knew before that I cannot wait to implement. And everybody listening, make sure to head to the show notes so that you could see all that Lisa has to offer. And again, I so appreciate your time. Thank you, Megan. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Loved it. I'd so appreciate your review. Want more? Head to themompreneurguide.com slash mastermind to see where fellow mompreneurs like you are simplifying their businesses and amplifying their missions to scale in less time. See you next week.